Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossford, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of this word this morning is James 1, 5. Relationship. Hallelujah. You put that, when you get the opportunity, put that up there for us. James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 5. I've always looked at this scripture, and I, and I like this scripture a lot. I've always called, I've called upon this scripture a lot. When I need something from God, I need a word from God. This is one that that's connected to my spirit, and it's been there for a, a long time. I'll find it in just a minute. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I've always looked at that. Is that if I need to know what to do in a situation, I pray, I ask God, and he shows me. And that is the truth. That is there. But that scripture is, also, is actually about a relationship. Hallelujah. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you fails to have understanding, let him ask. If any of you, if you don't know me, Ask, and I will reveal myself to you. If you lack wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing God. It's not knowing about God. It's knowing God. So if you lack wisdom, it says let him ask. If, in other words, God's saying, if you don't know me, ask, and I will reveal myself to you. I will reveal myself to you. See, Jesus is the answer to everything. That's a broad statement, but Jesus is the answer to everything. When we know him, when we know him, he becomes the answer to everything. 
See, when we encounter God's wisdom, we encounter God. We encounter God. We don't just encounter something. We actually encounter God when we encounter his wisdom. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. Let him. That is personal. See, we've been talking a lot about having a personal relationship with God here lately. That right there is personal. Let him ask. Let him ask God. You see, I can, I can know God, but I can't know God for you. I can have a relationship with God, but I can't have a relationship with God for you. Pastor Dana, we were talking the other day, and she said, and we all know this, but do we really, do we really know this? That when we die, or raptured, whichever happens, and we stand before Jesus, or before God, we will stand there alone. My wife's not going to get to stand beside me. I'm not going to get to stand beside her. We're going to stand before God Almighty alone, one-on-one. -on -one. That word ask, that word ask right there actually means to crave. It actually means to desire. And it also means to require. Require. I require a relationship with God. I crave a relationship with God. I desire one, but I also require one. He is the air that I breathe. He is the living water that's inside of me. He is the bread of life in me. I require a relationship with him. I require to know him, to live. Hallelujah. My life requires me knowing God. And it says, let him ask of God. See, we can, God told me here a while back, he says, when we open God's word, God opens his word. When we open his word, he opens his word. But there's something else there. When I open his word because I crave to know him, because I desire to know him, because I require to know him, he opens his word to me. Now, if I, if I, if I open his word because out of habit, 
you know, some people, they get up and pray every day out of habit. They get up and read their Bible every day out of habit. And there's nothing wrong with reading your word. But we can do things out of obligation instead of out of relationship. We can do things, we can pursue, we can do things like that, read God's word and even pray without actually pursuing him. See, when we desire to know him, when we crave to know him, and when we require to know him, that's when revelations of him begin to flow. That's when the revelations flow. When I am seeking him, when I am desiring him, they flow out of a relationship. Matthew 7. Verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. says, ask, and it shall be, be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. In other words, ask, seek, and knock. Crave, desire, and require. You know, we, want to, we say we want to know God. Are we pursuing him like we want to know him? Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, let's look at that. Start in verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29. <coughs> says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. We love that scripture. We love it so much that we put it on plaques, hang it on the wall. Verse 12. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Those two last scriptures is what activates the top one, the first one. God's thoughts and plans for us are not automatic. They come into play when we desire him and seek him with our whole heart. And it says, hearken says, go pray, and I will hearken unto you. Hearken actually means to hear. God will hear you. God will declare over you. God will make a sound over you. God will tell you something. He will proclaim over you. But we have to pursue him. None of this is automatic. When I was writing this out, studying this, 
I heard God say, he said, just say no to the box. Just say no to the box. So what's the box? You ever hear somebody say, this is my lot in life? That's a box. God has more. God has more. Outside the box. I'll show you some things outside the box. I am the head and not the tail. That's outside the box. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I sit in heavenly places. I sit in heavenly places. I receive counsel from God. I am anointed and appointed. I got that from the lady that Pastor Dan was teaching outreach on. I remember her name. But we are anointed and we are appointed by God. That's outside the box. There's a fire shut up in my bones. That's outside the box. I'm a child of the king of kings. I'm an overcomer. I change the atmosphere. My prayers shake the gates of hell. When I wake up, darkness trembles. Say that about yourself. We're going to go through them again. I want to hear some interaction. God has more for me. God has more for me. Because if we don't say it about ourselves, who's going to say it? If I don't say this about me, who's going to say it? Is your mama going to say it? Is your daddy going to say it? Your friend's going to say it? Probably not, Sister Julie said. So who's going to say it? Me. If it's going to be said, I'm going to have to say it. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. See, it doesn't matter if I see it in the natural yet. That's what the Word says. The Word doesn't line up with the natural. The natural lines up with the Word. I sit in heavenly places. Let's try that one again, because I don't think you're sitting there. <laughs> I sit in heavenly places. I sit in heavenly places. I sit in the presence of God. I am anointed. What good is the anointing? The anointing is to break strongholds. The anointing is to set the captives free. 
to bring deliverance to the captives, to open the blind eyes. So when I say I'm anointed, that's what I'm saying. There is a power in me that breaks strongholds. There's a power inside of me that sets captives free. There's a power inside of me that breaks poverty. Hallelujah. Jeremiah thinks the one that said, there's a fire shut up in my bones. Is there a fire shut up in your bones? There's a fire shut up in your bones. What was the fire? The fire was the word of God. And he could not keep it shut up in his bones. If you actually read the story, he tried to. He tried to keep it shut up, but he said, there's a fire shut up in my bones, and he couldn't hold it in. He had to let it out. Hallelujah. I am a child of the King of Kings. I am a child of the King of Kings. I am an overcomer. I walk in victory. See, when it says I'm an overcomer, that doesn't mean that you don't have circumstances. You don't have problems. David was an overcomer, and he was at war his whole life. But he overcame. He walked in victory. You read some of the Psalms, you'll find out he goes to God and he tells God some ugly stuff. But he ends up praising God in the end of it. He doesn't stay there. He overcomes. I am an overcomer. I change the atmosphere. We can literally, y'all have heard the testimony. You can literally change the atmosphere. I mean, we prayed one day when there was a group of our people in Africa and we watched the temperature drop because it was so hot over there. It didn't have air conditioning. We were on the phone watching. We prayed, the temperature dropped. We can literally change the atmosphere because of what's inside of us. My prayers shake the gates of hell. You ever been to a been? See how I want to put it. God ever do something for you and you're and the thought hits you that if I testify, the enemy's gonna come and get it. We've all been there. Your pastor's been there. I'm afraid, well, if I if I testify of this, then that's gonna put a target 
on me for the enemy to come and attack me there. Who do I trust? Who do I trust? The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Lenin has never been afraid to testify. Never. She's always got a testimony. She's got more in store. We're going to hear after here later, some other date. But see, that type of mentality is putting my trust in the enemy's ability to come and take what God has given me. Instead of, I'm a child of the king, and I am an overcomer, and I'm going to testify, and devil, you can't touch it. That's a whole nother mindset. Hallelujah. Yeah, the enemy will steal our testimony because we're afraid. If we're afraid to testify, he's already done his job. He's already done his job. He's already took it. But we have to know who we are. See, this scripture, James 1, 5, is talking about knowing God, knowing who he is, having a relationship with him. And it's all because of Jesus inside of me. Hallelujah. Let's go on in the verse. Find it again. James 1, verse 5. My plans were to teach 5, 6, and 7, and, and 8. But God said, no, we're going to stop on verse 5. It says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally to all men to all men there are no exceptions the only qualification to getting the wisdom of God is pursuing him seeking him putting him first that is the only stipulation it's available to all men he says, and he gives it to all men liberally. One of the meanings for liberally, which I've taught before, is bountifully, which means he gives it to you in abundance. It also means simplicity. He gives you wisdom about who he is in simplicity. In other words, a child can know God. A child can know God. You don't have to go to seminary to know God. There's nothing wrong with going to seminary if you want to go. But it is not a requirement to know God. Because it actually means also the unlearned. The unlearned can know him. Let's go to Acts 4. Let's see if this is what you're talking about, Andy. 
Acts 4, verse 13. This is Peter and John. They had arrested them for preaching Jesus. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. These were ignorant and unlearned men, and they marveled at the knowledge of God that they had. They hadn't been to seminary school. They'd been with Jesus. And I'm not talking about just walking on the seashore. They spent time with him. They had a relationship with him. They knew him. They knew him. See, we can't know who God's called us to be without a relationship. I don't care how much of the Bible you read, and you can read it where God says this about me, and God says this, and God says this. If there is no relationship between you and God, you do not know that. You know it in your mind, but you do not know it in your spirit. And we can't have no God without a relationship. Verse 5, James 4, verse 5. No, James 1, verse 5. It says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. That word upbraid means God's not going to criticize you because you don't already know something. If you're seeking him, he's not going to say, well, you should have known this 20 years ago. I'm not going to tell you now. Truth is, you might should have known it 20 years ago. But he's still going to reveal himself to you. He's not going to criticize you. He's not going to hold that against you and say, well, I sh you should have, you've already been taught this. He's going to say, here, let me show you again. That's how much he wants us to know him. But he's not going to hold it against us. And he never says you're not qualified. That's, that's, I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty awesome. He never tells us that we're not qualified to know him. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Peter said that God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, anything he does for me, he will do for you. But the thing is, for him to do for you what he'd done for me, you have to do what I do to get it. <laughs> that wasn't mouthful. If God does something for somebody over here and you want him to do it for you, you got to do what they did to get it. 
You've got to spend time in God's presence. You've got to pursue him. You've got to seek him. Because he does not withhold his wisdom. That's what that word says. If you lack wisdom, if you lack knowing me, ask me, and I will show you myself liberally. I will reveal myself to you. But you're going to have to seek me. You're going to have to desire me. You're going to have to crave me. He told me one time, I was walking across my backyard. He said, seek me for life, for life. If I wanted the life of God, I had to seek him to have his life for the rest of my life. That's what he said. Seek me for life, for life. 2 Corinthians, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. says, but I, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Key word in that scripture, key words is love him. Then you go on into verse 10, and it says, but God. When you read but God, something's fixing to shift. Something's fixing to change. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Key word there, there is that love him. We toss that around so, so much it doesn't mean anything. We say, I love God, I love God. If we love God, we seek him. We love God, we pursue him. We love God, we desire him. We love God, we require him. We require a relationship with him. We won't settle for anything less if I love him. Hallelujah. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, the deep mysteries, the profound things of God. The deep mysteries of God are the things that we cannot comprehend with our mind. They can only be comprehended by our spirit. That's the deep things of God. And that requires a relationship. That requires having a relationship. Let's go to John chapter 4, verse 24. John chapter 4, verse 24. Pastor Dana hit this scripture this morning. 
God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I've heard that scripture and heard that scripture and heard that scripture and never really had an understanding of that scripture because it's like, I don't understand this. You ever do that? So if you don't understand it, you read on past it. <laughs> read it in a different version. It's like, I don't really understand that. Well, I have a little insight. It says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That is beyond the mind worship. That is beyond the mind worship. That is a revelation worship. That is relationship worship. <coughs> See, God goes by many names, and one of his names is Jehovah Jireh. I got a revelation of Jehovah Jireh right there years ago on the altar when people. And because of that revelation that's in me, I can worship God as being Jehovah Jireh in spirit because it is connected to my spirit. That revelation went from my head to my spirit so I can worship him as Jehovah Jireh in my spirit and in truth because I know it's, it's, it's the truth now. Does that make sense? I can worship him. I don't know what his name is for healer, but I can worship him as being the healer. Jehovah Rapha. Why can I worship him as being the healer? That's why I don't mind praying for somebody to be healed. Does everybody I pray for get healed? No, but I know that he will heal. And the reason I know that is because I have prayed for people and they were healed. So that revelation went from here to here so I can worship him as being the healer in spirit and in truth. We can only worship him in spirit and truth in the revelations that we have of him to the degree that we know him. Does that make sense? Y'all may have already known this, but it's, it's new to me. Because I've struggled with that scripture right there. Read it and like, I don't really understand that, but I know it's good, so we'll just. <laughs> but that's why we got to have a relationship with him. Because in that relationship is when he reveals the deep things. When he reveals the mysteries. When he reveals to us that he really is Jehovah Jireh. That he really is Jehovah Rapha. That he really is the king of kings. That he really is the Lord of lords. That's when he reveals to us that the name of Jesus really is above every other name. It's real easy to say those things with our mouth and they come from our mind. But when they start rising up out of your spirit, it's different. There is power. There is authority that comes forth with them. 
go to James 1, 5 again. Should have put me a little flag there. In other words, I'm going to paraphrase it. It says, if we want to know God, the answer to all our problems, we have to pursue him. We have to crave him. We have to desire him. We have to require him. We have to have him. He's my air that I breathe. He's my living water. He is my bread of life. We have to have a relationship with him. See, when we seek God for a solution, what does he reveal? He reveals Jesus. When we seek God for a solution to a problem, what he actually does is he says, here, look at Jesus. That's what he says. Jesus is the answer to all your problems, so look at him. When we need a breakthrough, you know, you know, we use that word around here. You know what a breakthrough is? A sudden advancement of knowledge. That's what a breakthrough is. I all of a sudden got a revelation of Jesus in that situation. That's a breakthrough. I was preparing this I heard in my spirit God say I am what my name says I am I am what my name says I am we don't have to read between the lines you ever talk to somebody and and you when they get through you try to figure out what they actually said because they went way around over here and around and made two or three loops and you really don't know what they said, Elder. You try and figure it out. <laughs> it's like, but when God says something, it's the truth. It's real plain. He says what he means, and he means what he says. So if he said he's something, he is that. You know why Jesus heals? Because he's the healer. You know why Jesus comforts? Because he's the comforter. Jesus delivers because he's the deliverer. Jesus saves because he's the Savior. It's that simple. Jesus is faithful because he is faithful. Jesus is truth because he is truth. He's it. He cannot help but be who he said he is. So when we seek God, we're praying to God for an answer for something. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. And power travels in relationship. Power travels in relationship. 
When we know God, that's when we operate in his power. The area that we know him in, it's like I know God as Jehovah Jireh. I can operate in that because I know him in that. He does not leave without it. But we will only operate in the areas that we have a revelation of him in. I don't care how many names of God we can quote. The only ones that matter is the one where I have a revelation of him. That's the one that I can operate in. That's the one that I know when I step into that. When I start proclaiming that, it's coming to pass. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you want a hunger birthed in you to know God, to know him. I'm not talking about we're not going to all of a sudden get a full knowledge of God. But if you want to know him deeper than you've ever known him before, you want to know him on another level, then I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because <coughs> the more we know him, the more our, situ- our problems, he intervenes in them. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.